0: A Podcast One production.
1: Your Morning Agenda
2: with Natasha Belling.
3: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 14th of January. History is unfolding right now in the United States, with hundreds of armed guards protecting the U.S. Capitol as President Donald Trump faces an historic second impeachment. Debate is now underway on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives and his speaker, Nancy Pelosi.
1: We bear the responsibility to fill that oath that we all swear before God and before one another. The
3: oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The US president is accused of inciting insurrection after last week's riots, with up to five Republicans expected to vote against him. 17 Republicans will need to cross the floor for the vote to succeed, which is expected to take place sometime today. Foreign affairs expert Dr Keith Souter doubts the impeachment will be successful but says Mr Trump will face ongoing legal hurdles after he officially leaves office.
0: There'll be a lot of cases
1: against him, not only relating to the violence that we've seen in Washington DC but allegations over tax irregularities and all sorts of things. He's going to have a very busy next four years dealing with all this litigation.
3: And just moments ago, Mr Trump released a statement saying, quote, I urge that there must be no violence, no law-breaking and no vandalism of any kind, adding I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers. And as the political fallout continues in the US, the COVID crisis has deepened. There has been a new record number of deaths and hospitalisations. More than 4,300 people died from the virus yesterday. And health experts are blaming the latest surge in cases on holiday gatherings over the festive season. It comes as a US journalist has broken down on live television after reporting from a hospital flooded with COVID victims and one family who was forced to hold their mum's funeral in a car park. This is the 10th hospital that I have been in. And to see the way that these families have to live after this and the heartache that goes so far and so wide. (laughs) It's really hard to take. The journalist who is CNN correspondent Sarah Sidner has been reporting on the ground since the pandemic began and she says we need to do everything we can to try and stop the spread of COVID-19. It's it's just not okay. It's not okay what we're doing to each other. These families should not be going through this. No family should be going through this. So please listen to what this family is saying. Don't let this be you. Do whatever you can to keep this from killing Your family members and your neighbours and your friends and your teachers and doctors and firefighters, all of these people are here to help you, but you have to do your part. Back home now and one of the quarantine hotels in Brisbane has been shut down with international travellers and workers evacuated at the Grand Chancellor after a cluster of the highly contagious UK strain of covid Authorities don't know how the virus has spread throughout the hotel, but as our reporter Joseph Ogilvie reports from Brisbane, investigations are now underway.
2: At this point, Tash, all I know is that the six cases now linked to this cluster have all at some stage been on the seventh floor of the Grand Chancellor Hotel in Brisbane CBD. That building now has been emptied with almost 600 returning travellers and workers put straight into quarantine. Some due to be released will now have to be holed up for another 14 days. Police and health authorities are trying to figure out just how the virus spread in the building. One avenue of inquiry is the hotel's air conditioning system. The cluster started with a traveller returning from the uk on december 30 that man in his 30s passed it on to his partner plus a hotel cleaner and her partner and another man and his daughter who were coming back from lebanon that pair was staying on the same level but not in the room next to him the hotel cleaner had been in the community triggering our recent lockdown this massive response though is a clear sign of just how concerned authorities are about this uk strain potentially spreading across the country
3: And residents in New South Wales and Victoria, who also stayed at the Grand Chancellor Hotel, are being told to isolate and get tested. The Queensland Government is now reportedly considering plans to move quarantine programs out of city hotels. Meantime, Australia's Chief Medical Officer has rejected concerns over the efficacy of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. Some experts have questioned whether it will be effective enough to achieve herd immunity compared to other leading COVID vaccines. Professor Paul Kelly says every vaccine is being thoroughly checked by the Therapeutic Goods Administration.
0: People should be confident about safety being our first priority and efficacy being the second and the uh, quality of, that vaccination, uh, of the vaccine production uh, also being crucial.
3: For a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning and as Brisbane remains on high alert with COVID-19, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says authorities are now in the mop-up stage after the recent Sydney cluster outbreaks. But there have been traces of the virus found in sewage in a number of new suburbs. Our reporter Kim Bradish has the latest from Sydney. Yes, that's right. Gladys says she's confident the Borrella Cluster has been contained, but as we're constantly told in Sydney, we can't be complacent with fragments of coronavirus found in sewage in the West Hornsby catchment plant. This alert affects more than a dozen suburbs in that area, including Hornsby, Waitara, Thornleigh, Pennant Hills and Castle Hill, who are being told to get tested. So those that live in any of the 14 suburbs shouldn't just assume their sniffle or scratchy throat is just a cold and be on the safe side and get swabbed. It comes as just one locally acquired case was recorded in New South Wales yesterday, a child linked to the Borala cluster, while two other mystery cases from the previous day have now also been connected to that southwestern Sydney outbreak via genomic testing, but the source is unknown. To Victoria now, and three people have died, and five others have been taken to hospital after a deadly day on Victorian waters. Life-Saving Victoria says the drownings are heartbreaking for lifeguards and the families destroyed by the tragic deaths. A reporter, Hannah Sly, has this report from Melbourne. Yes, that's right, Tash. A woman has died and five others had to be rescued from the water of Bush Rangers Bay on the Mornington Peninsula. It's believed some of them were swept off the rocks yesterday afternoon before two members of the public jumped in to help with the Westpac Rescue Chopper sent in. Meanwhile, a man in his 80s has died after being pulled from the water at Rye Front Beach. And a woman in her 20s has also passed away after rushing to help a teenage girl who got into trouble at Venus Bay around 7.30pm. She was later retrieved from the water by an off-duty lifeguard, but she couldn't be revived. The teen made it safely back to shore. There was also a water-related incident at Listerfield Lake in Narry Warren with a child in a critical condition. After the latest in business and finance news this Thursday morning. We're joined by Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Good morning, Peter. Now, our economy may be battling the virus and border closures, but gosh, the job market is looking strong.
0: It sure does touch. Job vacancy numbers have been released and they rose by huge 23.4% or 48,300 to a record high of 254,400 available positions in the three months to November. Now, vacancies are 12.1% higher in November than a year ago, and this has to be a sign of a strong, rebounding economy.
3: And, Peter, the super debate continues with reports that the federal government is looking at allowing us to take our compulsory super contributions as a pay rise Is this a good idea and why are they doing this?
0: It's unbelievable, isn't it? So they're letting basically younger Australians in particular take the 9.5% super payment as a higher wage, which will mean many Australians will spend more and have access to loans to buy a home, which will increase economic growth and then job creation. This then will give the government more tax revenue as our wages are taxed more heavily than our super contributions. They're only at 15%. The government needs a lot of economic growth and tax collections to bring down its huge budget deficit, which has grown because of the coronavirus recession.
3: It certainly is an interesting debate, Peter. And another big story today is the government is set to go into battle against Facebook, Google and Apple. This is a massive story.
0: It sure is. And the government's Australian Consumer and Competition Commission wants to make Facebook Google and Apple pay for using other media outlets' products without paying. And the ACCC wants to stop some of these big US tech companies' practices that allegedly exploit local media companies, but also consumers, and they want this to stop. Rod Sims, who hands up the ACCC, says, the competition watchdog will launch a regulatory war against Facebook, Apple, and Google this year, including investigations across the digital advertising and app markets, warning the tech giants' dominance poses a danger to consumers, and the competition landscape. And what happens in Australia could then be followed by other countries which would affect these tech companies' share prices right across the world.
3: Another very interesting year ahead. Peter, thank you as always. (laughs) Cheers. Time to check sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, Justin Langer has certainly gone into bat for Steve Smith.
1: Yes, good morning, Tash. In a big way, he's actually taken the, the drastic step Of phoning two of his harshest critics, of course. This is after the shadow batting controversy in the Sydney Test where he was uh, pretending to bat like he was Rashab Pant uh, to show Nathan Lyon where he should bowl. Well, that was taken as an act of uh, basically cheating. Certainly that's what Darren Goff said, the former England uh, Test bowler. He thought he was trying to scuff up the guard of uh, India's batsmen. Of course, that has been absolutely rubbish by Justin Langer. He can't understand the reaction. He phoned both Goff and uh, Michael Vaughan to express his disappointment because uh, that sort of sent social media into overdrive. We know uh, everything that uh, Steve Smith has been involved with, with uh, Sandpaper Gates. That's the last thing that he wanted, and he's been devastated by the reaction. So uh, Justin Langer, uh, a pretty strong response from the Aussie coaches. We prepare to get the fourth test uh, underway tomorrow. Steve Smith, of course, will be front and centre for that. Uh, we need a big contribution from him. Will Pekowski still in doubt with a shoulder injury? Marcus Harris will open the batting if Pekowski is ruled out.
3: And Jonathan Patton is in hospital as Hawthorne and the AFL continue to investigate those allegations of inappropriate behaviour on social media.
1: Yes, that's right. So Jonathan Patton, the key forward from uh, Hawthorne, being investigated by both the club. And the ASL, several women now coming forward to allege inappropriate uh, behaviour, sending lewd images uh, online. And his management have confirmed that uh, the 27-year-old is in hospital at the moment, receiving treatment for what they say are ongoing mental health issues, and they've asked for some privacy. He has uh, two years left on his contract with the Hawks. He's had a a lot of injuries uh, as well, so a fair bit going on in the life of Jonathan Patton right now.
3: And, Brett, finally this morning to tennis. Will we see Bernard Tomic at the Aussie Open this year?
1: Yes, uh, we will. He's now 28, so his career's kind of gone That's by young. in the blink. Yeah. <laughs> well, in tennis terms, it's kind of, he's kind of going by in the blink of an eye, so he, he can't waste too much more time with his, his tennis career. He's had to go for, through qualifying. His ranking isn't high enough to be a direct entry into the Australian Open. He did it pretty tough, so the qualifying tournament has been over in the Middle East, in Doha, in the semi-finals, he just scraped past uh, Tristan Schoolkate, a young Australian tennis player, it was match point down, and then came through in three sets against John Patrick Smith, a really tough veteran on the Aussie circuit uh, from Townsville, and won 10-7 in the third set tiebreak. Typical Bernard Tomic fashion afterwards. uh, He told the media that he risked his life by playing in Doha because of the COVID situation and couldn't understand uh, questions about uh, whether he still has ambitions uh, in tennis. He said, why would you ask that? I've I've made enough money that I don't have to play again, so I'm just playing because I want to.
3: He's always entertaining, isn't he, Brett?
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, never a dull moment in the life of Bernard Tomic And Alex Diminor won a tournament in Turkey as well last night. So he's in great form leading into the first slam of the year.
3: 28 is so young. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details now around the country for this Thursday morning. Brisbane, mostly sunny today with a top of 31. Partly cloudy and 30 today for Sydney. 23 degrees on the way for Melbourne today, also partly cloudy. Sunny and 34, another warm day on the way yet again for Canberra. Showers and 22 today for Hobart, partly cloudy and a top of 23 for Adelaide. Perth, sunny and 35. Very warm day on the way today for Perth and a shower or two expected for Darwin with a top of 33. We all need some good news this morning. Queensland man Dexter Kruger has been crowned Australia's oldest person after celebrating his 111th birthday. Happy birthday, dear Dexter! Happy birthday to you!
2: Hooray! Hooray! Hooray!
3: Born on the 13th of January 1910, Dexter, a retired cattle farmer, has lived through both world wars, the Great Depression, and several devastating droughts. Mr. Kruger has seen countless advances in technology, saying the telephone was the best invention he'd seen. Dexter even stayed up till midnight to mark the special occasion, while as his secret to living a long life, for Mr. Kruger has told the ABC, he sings and whistles as well as having half a dozen prawns every day. A very happy birthday, Mr Gruger. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review, and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.